time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. I may be dating myself just a little bit, but you may remember that movie back from my kind of early adulthood, uh, Say Anything. If you remember Say Anything, Lloyd, the main character, is trying to figure out how to get this girl to notice him. And so Lloyd is talking with his friends. They're gathered around at the, the Easy Mart gas station there, and the guys are, are all on the sidewalk talking to Lloyd and trying to convince him of how he needs to proceed in order to, you know, to get to the girl. And they're giving him all this advice. And finally, Lloyd snaps for a minute, and he looks at them, and he says, So if y'all know so much about women, why are you here sitting on the weekend on the corner of the sidewalk at the Easy Mart. Why are you here? And they all look at each other, a little bit confused, trying to figure out how to respond to this. And they finally agree, choice. Yeah, choice is why we're here. And that's why we're here, to talk about choice. My name is Lee Balkum. I'm the host of the Thrivology podcast and actually the world's first Thrivologist. And you may wonder how I know that. Well, it's because I coined the term of Thrivologist. What is a Thrivologist? Someone who looks at a lot at this art and science, studies the art and science of thriving in life, of, of how to live your thriving life, not just surviving, but moving beyond that. And that really is the topic that we talk about on this podcast week after week. We're looking at different fragments of life, different pieces of life that add up when you put them all together. When all those fragments are added together into the mosaic of your life, you end up with your thriving life. One piece of that is figuring out how you're making your choices and what is the power of your choice. So we can think about this sphere of choice around us. I've talked about this circle of control, and there's a circle of choice that you have within you where you can use your options of control. And that's a powerful thing for us to do. It's a powerful place for us to be able to think through how we do that. These past few weeks have been a challenge to us and how we treat ourselves, how we treat each other, how we think about the world, the you know, politics, the country, wherever you live, how you stay healthy, how you move forward in life. These past few weeks have been a challenge to that. This past year has been a challenge to that. And sometimes you can feel like you have no choice. And what we know from research is that when we feel like we have no choice, we are disempowered. We are disempowered and begin to lose our sense of hope. Because hope really is about being able to move forward and find a direction forward. If you're interested, I've done other podcasts on the hope equation. And one important part of that hope equation is feeling like you have a choice in how you're going to move forward, that you have agency. So that's what I want to just kind of think through a little bit today about that power of choice that we have. And the first thing I want to say is that we don't have every single choice in life. There are some things that come our way that we don't have a choice about. In fact, if you kind of think about it, there are really two levels of life. There are the events, and then there are choices. And part of what happens in our life 
is based on the fact that there are these external events, the things that we don't have any control over, things that happen to us, towards us. Events can be things that don't happen. Maybe you have some dream, some hope, and it doesn't happen. Well, that's still an event where you have to decide what you're going to do from there. So these external events come along our way. And then we have our ways that we respond, whether we are reacting or responding, whether we're creating how we want things to move forward or not. And that's part of where we come into this point of choice. So I want to be very clear. I don't believe that you have 100% choice in your life. I didn't choose, you didn't choose, the family you're born into, the time period in history when you were born into, what country you are born into, you know, what faith your family was in, what, so many different things that we don't have any choice about. We do have a choice, though, of how we play out those pieces, how we deal with what comes our way. And basically what happens is each of us are born into where we're born, and we can see forward a certain funnel forward of options, of possibilities. For some people, that might be a more narrow funnel, options and choices. You can look forward and see a more narrow number of paths. For other people, it would be a more wide open number of paths. But we get to choose our path forward, how we react and respond. You may have heard the, the saying that, you don't get to choose the cards that are given you, but you do get to choose how you're going to play those cards. Part of our task in life is to not get so wrapped up in looking at the cards we don't have, but dealing with the cards we do have, dealing with what we have in front of us. And we can have long discussions about fairness, and that's an important debate, but it doesn't change how we go through our life today how this day plays out, how we choose from this day's possibilities. One of the things I've noticed lately is there are lots of discussions that are beyond places where we have a choice. And when we get wrapped up in the news cycle, when we get wrapped up in the crisis here and the crisis there, sometimes what we lose is today in our own life, how we're going to respond and how we want to be in our own life. So the power of a choice is first being willing to make the choice of seeing that there is a choice to be made to decide that you are going to look at how you can create your life. Every year, and here we are you know, a couple of weeks into the new year, but every year I choose a single word to live into each year. And I often do a podcast on that word. This year I'm going to do something a little bit different because the power of my word is based in choices I make on a day-to-day -day basis. So my word, just to let you in on that, is creator. And I think that there are multiple levels of depth to that word. So for me, part of my job is being a creator of content. I create a podcast. In fact, I create a couple of podcasts. On a regular basis, I'm writing books and articles and creating online courses and creating coaching programs. And really, in my work as a coach, I'm helping people in their creation of their ideal life. And so creator is part of my professional identity. But it also, if you've heard me talk about the triangles that we get stuck in in life, it's the counterpoint 
David Emerald talks about this in his idea of the empowered dynamic that the creator is the breakout point from being the victim in life. The victim feels like they don't have any choice, that everything is happening to them. It's being done to them. But the creator recognizes what around them they're either creating or allowing to be. And both of those are choices that we can make. And so my word of creator is only there by choice. The way I've used my word in the past is the same way way I'm using it this year. I choose a word, and and it really is a process that starts for me sometime in kind of late October. I start thinking about what the next year is going to hold. Sometime in November, I start thinking about what words I might want to lean into. Sometime around the middle of December, I've usually chosen that word. And for me, that word has to have enough layers to carry me through the 365 days of the year. And so I take that word and I put it at the top of my calendar each day. It's the first event on my calendar, and it's simply the word. So when I get up in the morning and I open my calendar to see what's on the agenda for the day, there's the word. Each morning, I get up to spend about an hour and 20 minutes kind of prepping the day and writing. And part of my task is to look at that word and ask the question, what choices do I need to make today? in order to fulfill that word? How do I need to carve out the time? How do I need to make sure that I'm prepared? How do I need to make the choices? Because, you know, we all have some choices calling at us. I can choose to look through Facebook. I can choose to, you know, look through lots of of different things on the internet, which probably aren't going to help me create anything. I can choose to bemoan different issues of the day. I can choose to complain, or I can choose to create. And so for me, that's just my way of checking in and going, how am I going to be creator today? Not just in professional life, but in my own life. How can I create the life that I want? There are obviously limits to that. And so for me, it's in the process of creating and moving towards what I want that's important. Not have I attained it. In fact, I believe that it's the journey that matters anyway. And so my word this year, creator, is all about choice. So I believe that we can play either of those roles. And I'm always asking the question, am I playing the role of victim? Or am I playing another role, an alternate role? Because the victim is the one who's always looking for the reasons and excuses things aren't happening. Now, again, we all have limits upon us. Wherever we are are in life, I remember having a conversation with somebody that, you know, he was struggling and he said, you know, I had someone long ago that told me that if I'm struggling this much in my life, what I need to do is find somebody else I'd rather be and then really think it through. Would I like to be really be that person? So he said, you know, I was sitting there thinking, well, you know, if I was royalty, I wouldn't have to worry about that. And as he began to play that out, he began to think about all the places that you know royalty have to deal with the public and deal with pressures and deal with people not liking them because they're royalty and, and all of these other pieces. And uh, they said they watched a movie about you know this uh, one a prince that had to change his clothes multiple times in a day, getting ready for dinner and all these other meals, and he realized he didn't want to be royalty. So then he thought, well, maybe I would be, and he chose another thing, and he played that out and realized he didn't really want to be that either, and he picked a... Uh, uh, entrepreneur that was very successful and he started looking at that entrepreneur's life 
and realized that that life was not what he wanted. And then he started realizing that if he chose another alternate life, he would have to give up all the things he also loved about his life. His kids, his spouse, his family, his friends, his sports, his activities. And, and he realized that he would rather be where he was and to make the better of that. So we have this choice of either going, there's nothing I can do, and looking for the places to make an excuse of saying, I can't help this, this is just where what I'm stuck, or we can ask, what's my choice here? Where's my choice in this situation? I tend to think that that's a much more empowering place to be instead of being stuck in what is, is not possible, to ask the question, what can be possible? What's possible here? The power of choice is in asking, what can we create? What are we creating? And also, what are we allowing in our lives? It's one of those telling points when people recognize the things they allow to stay in their life. The things they don't necessarily want, but they allow them to stay in their life and don't recognize that as being a choice. So there's a choice in creating things. There's a choice in allowing things and a choice in asking, how do I respond? Given what's going on, how will I respond? One of my favorite authors is Viktor Frankl. Most people read Viktor Frankl sometime during school with his classic book, Man's Search for Meaning, which is really you know, human's search for meaning, but it was written long enough ago that we'll excuse him and allow men to represent all of us. And Viktor Frankl was a survivor of the Holocaust, but not everybody knows the story behind this. Viktor Frankl was a student of Freudian psychology and realized that there was something missing from that. He believed that there was something deeper within us, this place of meaning and purpose that we all have. And Frankl actually had already written his book about this when he was taken into custody by the Nazis. What's also not known by everyone is that they took that book from him. He had it on him when they detained him. And they pulled it out and right in front of him tore it to shreds. They destroyed this work. And having written several books, I can't imagine what it would be like to watch that only copy of what you had, what you had put all of your effort into, just shredded in front of you. That could have been the end of that book. But instead, Viktor Frankl decided while he was in the concentration camp that that was his place to test out his theory about meaning and purpose. Would it even work there? Was it even true when you are reduced to a number on your arm would there be meaning there? Would there be purpose there? Would there be some place of choosing your destiny? And so he writes in his book, Man's Search for Meaning, that everything, and this is his quote, everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last, the last of the human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. I want you to notice something about that. The last freedom, when everything has been taken from you, the last freedom is even a choice, an attitude of how we approach something, of how we think through something. We have a choice of action and inaction, and we have a choice of attitude and outlook. And sometimes we lose our options about 
uh, taking action. For some reason, we'll get into a situation, and for that very reason, we don't have any choice in our actions. We don't have any choice whether we act or choose not to act. And in that moment, when that choice has been taken away, we still have that choice of attitude or outlook, how we approach things. Now, this is not a, you know, I'll be happy about everything no matter what. If you read Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, the attitude that he held throughout the concentration experience was to stay human, to stay connected to others, to be in relationship with others, to do for others, to remember love, to remember his connections. His attitude was not to put on a happy face. His attitude was to make it meaningful, to find the meaning, the purpose, and the suffering. The attitude was to continue to move forward, and he realized he had a choice in that. So many times we get caught up in our culture of believing that, you know, when we think about attitudes, it's about having a good good attitude, right, about being positive, being upbeat, the power of positive thinking. That is not what Frankel says that we have a choice about. That's not what he's interested in. He's interested in something deeper, of, of asking that question about our meaning and our purpose. The meaning is what we draw from something. Our purpose is what we put in to the world. And we have a choice about that each day. And that's the question that I suggest that we kind of ponder through this. The power of choice is what we find when instead of saying, I have no choice, we ask the question, what is my choice? To look deeply and ask, what is my choice? Where are my actions I can choose? Or what is my attitude that I want to take into this? No matter where you are, no matter what you do. My challenge to you, my challenge to myself is to ask the question, where is my choice? And in the process, you find the power of choice. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.